You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Finally happened. Welcome back to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic. And uh, yeah, Fran, it did happen. We <laughs> finally got our first one-star review. <laughs> and, but Fran, I do have to bring up, you said you weren't going to read any negative reviews, and now you you told me that we had a one-star well, review. So well, what happened? There was nothing to read. It, <laughs> there was they, they just left the one-star kind of cowardly yeah. you know if, if if you disliked it that much yeah, we want some constructive criticism here uh, yeah. we want to know what we can do better yeah if, if, if you honestly think it's it's a one star yeah. i would want to know that yeah we really we can only speculate and i've came up with a list of things that could be why they left that one star review i think uh, number one is probably because you you told the told the people where you're from too many times. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. On every episode, I have mentioned that I am from Levittown, Pennsylvania. Number two was yes. that uh, you tell everyone how you got into the industry <laughs> and I, go through yes. that whole story. I uh, do. You've done that quite a few times, I too. do. But, you know, I'm, I'm figuring maybe there are people that don't listen to every episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe... Yeah. That was just number two. This is okay. a list. All right. It's not All just right. one or two things. All right, go ahead. Number three, and this is probably my winner... <laughs> Is that you keep saying that you haven't seen pheasants in a long time, Ooh. and uh, I had to tell I had to tell Fran off the air that pheasants aren't actually a native bird. Yeah, you know I had no idea, but first of all, please tell me on the air, call me out because the one thing, yeah, <laughs> if if you wanted to add another thing to your list, one thing that I say often is that I'm not an expert mm-hmm. on anything. Yes, so yeah. uh, this is still, uh, you know, I know enough about a lot of things to be dangerous. And it's still a learning experience mm-hmm. for me. So I had no idea. I really had yeah, no idea until really, you mentioned it to me. Even growing up, as I've mentioned a bunch of times, I uh, like to hunt and fish. And like you always hear about pheasant hunting, and I've been pheasant hunting a couple times. And it was always stock birds because there aren't really any uh, wild birds. Um, we just say they weren't native, but there aren't any wild birds around. And really, I was surprised to find out that they were never a native species. They were brought over as a game species from China. Yeah, and um, and they really become naturalized, and there's a really proud and rich heritage around pheasants, especially in like South Dakota. South Dakota is known for its pheasant hunting, yeah. so it's amazing that they were never really native species. But I guess they haven't caused any issues. But the funny uh, thing is, until you told me, and then I, of course, I went and researched. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they weren't really introduced till much later. I think it was yeah. like the 1880s mm-hmm. that's really that they started to colonize. Yeah, yeah. Is that, but the, correct, is that the correct terminology? Colonize. Uh, I, I guess we can, we can use it, <laughs> so, but um, no. So, but that is my guess as to why we got a one star review. Those are all very possible. <laughs> you know, I once, and I'm not going to say who the individual is, but I once did a talk um, for Pinelands Nursery about rain garden plants. It was a rain garden certification uh, class done through Rutgers, and I had photos of our rain garden here uh, as one of the slides in the presentation and i had someone give me an absolutely horrible review because there was echinacea in our rain garden and Mm -hmm. that wasn't a true native it was a uh, introduced native and they 
they totally glossed over all the great content down to that one thing mm-hmm. that I didn't even talk about. It just happened to be in a photo. And yeah. I said yeah, that and, we used and it. And we, going off topic and talk about Echinacea, we've talked about it. I'm pretty sure we talked about yeah. it on here before. We, we how mentioned it's, that it's when it was. And I really want to get in into it, Kelly Gill, because she's one of the people who told me how it's um it's something that they use primarily because people know it. You can go to someone who likes to garden, but may, may not know native plants, and they see you go down the plant list of what they're prescribing, and looking at penstemon and, and rudbeckia and all these different things, and they see echinacea, and they say, "Oh, I know what that is," and then they assume everything else is by default good yes because it fits that gardening um uh model that they're used to now i i will say my other flub during that talk was when i was talking about wetland indicator status i had mentioned it was done by the usda which it wasn't it was commissioned by the u.s fish and wildlife and Mm -hmm. this person happened to be an employee of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. So yeah, you already started off on a bad foot. Yes. And then they just wanted to really and they just, load it on. They <laughs> completely ripped me apart. Now, those two things aside, I think there was a lot of stellar content. So, you know, and I kind of thought it was funny. And I think the same thing about this situation. Like, I'm not really obsessing over it, but I think it's kind of funny because we've done 23 episodes mm-hmm. of the podcast. Um, 20 of the 23, we've had guests so this is – there's only been three episodes just mm-hmm. in you and I. Um, these guests have been nonprofit organizations uh, that do wonderful work or they've been authors. So if you're giving a one-star review over the body of work, which we've had that many mm-hmm. episodes when they gave it, uh, you're not really an environmentalist as far as I'm concerned <laughs> because you're, you're a troll because, <laughs> <laughs> you know – and. And the way I look at it is if we're getting trolls, we're doing something right. Yeah. Isn't that like the Howard Stern model was it, yeah. you want people to be angry because they're listening to and they're probably listening longer than the people yeah, who are. Exactly. So, I, you know, I, and, I, and I know that we're doing something right because our listens just keep getting mm-hmm. uh, better and better. They've been going through the roof. So, you know, I, I don't want to lend to the negativity. We're going to focus on all the great listeners. Mm-hmm. that Which we that have many. We have, we have a lot. And, and they – they listen to most most episodes or every episode, and they give us great feedback via reviews, or they're members of the Native uh, Plants Healthy Planet Facebook page. So I, I want to thank them for pushing us up, mm-hmm. not that one person trying to to pull us down. Yeah, it, we really can't thank everyone enough. It's um, I don't even know how many how many months have we been doing this? Six, Since seven, February, and that's, yeah, so, so eight months, eight months, eight months. Wow. So we've really it took us a while to get going. Once we started going, it. It really took off. Uh, here's my thing I always bring up a lot is we thought we were going to have like 20 people listen, and we were surprised at the – it was – I don't even know how many times that. Way, way more. We're, <laughs> so, we're, we're in the hundreds within the first couple hours, yeah. uh, which yeah. is which is great to see, and it surprises us every time I look at the stats um, yeah. to see that we're doing something right. Like I feel that we're, mm-hmm. we're in the right thing. Now, everyone, you're getting stuck with an episode of The Buzz today. And just the two of us because we had like a, a little scheduling a scheduling yeah. conflict. So we do have some great guests coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Michelle de Blasio from the Nature Conservancy. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we have Claudia West mm-hmm. uh, coming on to talk about her book. Um, and we just talked to Mike Van Cleff. Mike Van Cleff, uh, the Invasive Species Strike Team, yep. yeah, which I think is a great 
great direction to go in because we've talked about all the great things, but we really haven't talked about how to control the bad things mm-hmm. uh, that are the enemy. So, and really, if you're going into the winter and over the winter months, that's, if you can tolerate going outside a little bit, that's a great time as long as you can identify them to start controlling invasives before they have time to to go out in the spring and summer and then set seed and proliferate even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can get on them in the winter, then you're you're helping without causing too much damage to yeah. what's growing actively at that yeah. time too. And next month we also plan on starting our roundtable yeah. series, which yeah. will have future guests and past guests all together at one time to discuss a single topic. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that as well. So yeah. uh, we're trying to give you a little more, uh, you know, a little more diversity than just a specific guest talking about one topic we're going to throw in some other things and mm-hmm. uh, and try to make it fun for everyone and even the guest like claudia west to me is not really you know her her theories touch on what we do but they and they overlap a little bit but they don't completely mm-hmm. mesh so i don't think that we should be um um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I don't I know. I have no idea. <laughs> but, or, we, we shouldn't be insular in our, our thinking. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. We should allow some outside things, especially when they're lending a lot of the principles of what we do. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to give you a vast idea of oh, yeah. of this this area. So Yeah, because there's native plants can be for everyone. Um, one of my gripes, I might even brought this up before too, one of my gripes is that we really kind of pigeonhole ourselves as a native plant community into – hey, it's got to be straight species, it's got to be local ecotype, it's got to be all these things. Well, that's good for some people, but if you're just dipping your toe in to native plants and you don't know all that stuff, and this we've complained about the Facebook groups before, um, this is what you see a lot happen there, is you have someone new who says, I just heard about native plants, I heard someone like Pat Sutton or Dwayne Estes or, or someone speak about native plants, and I'm really intrigued, but I don't know anything. They go on Facebook, find some stuff, or go online, and then instantly they kind of get kicked out because they aren't following the protocols of, of uh, some of these really, really strict, diehard native plant people. Um, I, I saw one today. Someone <laughs> someone was new. They, they posted a photo of a diseased maple leaf, mm-hmm. and they were asking for help. Yes, yeah. And Did you see that post? I saw the post. I didn't read into oh, it too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the, the maple leaf happened to be a Norway maple, which is mm-hmm. uh, an invasive and non-native and oh the the comments were they they totally got off the topic Mm. this was someone looking for help and you had the opportunity to educate not ridicule Mm -hmm. and that's what ended up happening and then it becomes a circus at that point so and they have to shut off the comments so (laughs) but but it's uh you know it's it's we want to be inclusive and if you're only listening to the it has to be all natives then that's kind of like only listening to one side of a political argument. You're only saying, you know, you're only mm-hmm. watching this news channel or, you know, you, you yeah. want to be broadened and kind of hear and all the arguments. really that was part of our side mission is being a native plant nursery. We get to work with so many great uh, nonprofit organizations and for-profit organizations too, but a lot of nonprofit organizations who are doing all this great work all across the country, and they're all doing it for different reasons, but those reasons all involve native plants why we came up with the title native plants yeah. healthy planet and we haven't really talked a lot about plants <laughs> yeah. because we're talking about turkeys and deer and fish and god knows what yeah. it's everything yeah. it's uh native plants kind of control that whole spectrum you so. know and, and on the back end we even see where 
our customers or our colleagues are getting in touch with people that we've had on as guests. Like we've mm-hmm. had one of our customers up in Syracuse reach out and want to get in touch with Marcus Gray from Audubon International mm-hmm. about monitoring. Yeah, I like to yeah. monarch to, monitoring. Yeah, yeah, monarch monitoring. So it it's nice to kind of bring all these groups mm-hmm. together, even though it was for different reasons. You know, we're we're happy that the homeowner can connect with these groups and help that our customers can collaborate and mm-hmm. get great things done. And even some of these organizations can collaborate together, which a lot of them have been doing already, but they can collaborate together. And even though they may have wildly different goals as their outcomes, they're following the same path to achieve those yes. outcomes. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree. So But with before we get into today's topic, yes. I guess we should do our segment first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna get tired listening to that. <laughs> I don't think so, friend. So I I have one. I don't know if you have one. I don't. No. All right, I do have one. So walking through the nursery at this time of the year, there's some pretty obvious choices you could make. There's goldenrod. There's asters. There's a lot of a lot of things that are in bloom right now that you would tend to see in bloom. But I'm gonna throw a curveball out there. I mean, it's something that's blooming at its natural time, mm-hmm. but not something that we talk about often. So uh, my choice for that's hot is Baccarus halimifolia. Mm, so yeah, groundsel yeah. tree. So right now that's blooming a, a kind of cottony like flower. Um, it's a very soft white, white bloom. Um, that's a plant. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's more of a salt. Technically mm-hmm. in nature, it's, it's a facultative wet species. Uh, it's a, tall shrub or a small tree it's like mm. five to 12 feet depending on conditions tolerate some salt spray yeah it could take salt spray it's typically a salt marsh but that plant i've seen growing in cracks of cement so it's mm. not invasive or i shouldn't say invasive it's not uh aggressive but it can handle non-salt conditions mm-hmm. uh we have it growing around the nursery and yeah. i saw it yeah. growing around our our pond uh, yeah. Oh, yeah so it wasn't in which is fresh water and even i was driving around the nursery uh at like sunset last night and i saw it growing along a ditch i'm like i didn't never notice that was there before yeah and i don't know if we plant it there or it volunteered i I guess it volunteered i don't we plant a lot of stuff all around the nursery so it's tough to tell what was just kind of blew in and what because we we actually put there we did plant some of those drainage ditches Mm -hmm. for nrcs so um and for our own our own purposes but i i don't know if it was planted or volunteered in but it looked great and it just kind of caught my eye and i'm like that's probably one thing that if you're a native plant lover and you don't know that plant, hopefully that gives you the chance right now to mm-hmm. look it up. And there's a great way to to look that up. We're going to get yeah. into that. So. But before you hit that button and play yeah. that, that music again, All right. two things I just thought yes. of was I, uh, I was actually at the Pinelands Preservation Alliance yeah. on, uh, I think it was Tuesday afternoon, and driving out of there, they had a... I love the, the goldenrod and aster combo together yeah. when they kind of overlap, and they had... An, um, right along their main driveway, a great example of that where it was really intermeshed and like it was almost like you had um, like bars and it would just be a bar of gold then a bar of but like yeah. that little in between space where you have some aster flowers mixed with some goldenrod flowers I think is just so cool. It, it's a great time that late summer early fall and you have New York ironweed mm-hmm. and you have all those colors kind of intermingling. It's and uh, mm-hmm. and the other thing is this is. Probably, probably only a destination for people in New Jersey, and um, and I'm not telling you to go there, go there and stop. <laughs> but our seed farm right now, which is um, on Island Road, right down the street from our nursery, yeah. 
has uh, has all kinds of asters blooming, which are cool in their own right. But the one that always stands out, which I have, um, it's not too far from the high school. My wife was a teacher at the high school, and she would always bring up, hey, what's that flower? Because everyone's asking me what it is because yeah. they know I'm affiliated with this. And it was uh, Helianthus angustifolius is yeah. blooming right now, and it looks like a big yellow cloud just it, off in the distance is off the road it's pretty cool if you're close by to the columbus area and you just want to cruise down by that road it's worth the, the act- drive actually steve asked me today this morning to use the drone and go oh, over top cool. of that i thought it was a little too windy mm-hmm. but if we can get that maybe we can post it in the facebook group yeah, yeah. um a drone shot over top of that crop because it does look good yeah. so speaking of pinelands preservation alliance last weekend was it last week no two weekends two ago, weekends ago. Uh, we did the Pinelands Adventure kayak trip mm-hmm. down the Batstow River, which was, wow, it was phenomenal. So that was a, a gift to me from my fiance for my 50th, and um, I had never kayaked down the Batstow, and that's a have – you, have you kayaked? I not, I think I canoed down there. I, it was years ago, you, so you I, can do I, more every re- time I drive through that area, I'm like, I really need to come back and canoe around here. Yeah, it's because uh, they have they have – trips down the Maurice River mm-hmm. and the Batstow River. So, but the Batstow was a 4-hour trip and it was like perfect timing like the overlap like you were getting the beginning of fall colors so you're driving through the pine barrens and the the lowbush blueberry and the huckleberry are starting to turn mm-hmm. red and black gum and red maple and uh I noticed that the possum haw viburnum um the berries were starting to go to that lavender mm-hmm. color like in a little bit where they go from lavender to black mm-hmm. but then you still had the end of the the flowering season so there was cardinal flower all along the blanks uh, mm-hmm. banks blooming and it was just like a great mix of yeah of fall color and and late summer flower and it was just such a peaceful because it's limited uh they're only doing 25 percent capacity Mm-hmm. It was you. It was like you were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. We we saw one other group the whole. That sounds whole really day. awesome, and uh, and it's hard to bring a baby in. <laughs> but yeah. it's something we're hoping to do in the the next couple of years. When uh, definitely when when he gets a little bigger, that's yeah. for sure. Well, so before we start with our next topic, I I have to play the 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 music oh, to end yeah, that, that segment. I never officially <laughs> ended it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was just looking for an excuse. To... <laughs> but so today's um, the buzz, the today's topic that we're going to talk about is our favorite websites. But we do want to wrap up our favorite books because we got a lot of really good comments from our listeners about books that they liked that we some of them we actually just kind of forgot about, and uh, and others I hadn't even heard before, and then uh, some had even read some of the books we suggested and and thought they were really good yeah you know there were books that once i saw them posted i was like oh i can't believe we forgot that one like i felt ashamed and then so many i hadn't heard of and i i kind of think it's funny that our that our listeners are better read on this topic than i am you know i was like oh wow look at you (laughs) like that's (laughs) i was i was impressed but i thought maybe we could talk about i can't really talk about a lot of the books but Mm -hmm. we could mention the books oh yeah uh, so Darren Williams, one of our more active uh, members of the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group, had a had a bunch uh, that he mentioned. So 1491 New Revelations of the Americas Before Columbus by Charles C. Mann, which I've never heard of. Uh, Tending the Wild, Native American Knowledge and the Management of California's Natural Resources by MCAT Anderson. That sounds like something I would really mm-hmm. like. 
The Hidden Forest, The Biography of an Ecosystem by John R. Loma. I, I think you, you're close yeah, enough. Okay. And <laughs> Eager, The Surprising Secret Life of Beavers and Why They Matter by Ben Goldfarb. Yeah. So that's a nice mix. Yeah. I mean, that's... And that's that would be a good one for my brother because he's like a beaver fanatic. And yeah. uh, and I think there was like a Netflix special. Maybe it's even based off this. It was called like The Secret Life of Beavers that he always is telling me to watch. I think I've watched parts of it and I don't think I ever finished it. He doesn't <laughs> listen to this, so he won't. <laughs> he won't know. But we also had uh, uh, Skip Burns chipped in with some of his. And this is one we were embarrassed about because it's written by a friend of ours. And that's Garden Revolution by Larry Weiner. Yeah, I was and, really embarrassed that we didn't. We yeah. didn't put that in our original podcast, but we'll we'll fix that because we want to have Larry mm-hmm. on the podcast yep. at, at some point. Hopefully this winter he'll be a guest yeah. for us. Skip also suggested How the Earth Turned Green by Joseph Armstrong, uh, On Human Nature by E.O. Wilson, who wrote the foreword for The Nature of Nature and oh. writes a lot of great nature books. Oh. Um, yeah, and actually, yeah, Skip was saying that one totally challenged all yeah. of his yeah. – made him question all of his perspectives. Yeah. And then, <laughs> another aside here, that's like a great thing – um, just to challenge how you think of things. One of my favorite classes in college was an environmental ethics class, and it delved into preservationists and conservationists and restorationists and, well, rest- restoring stuff, which is our field. Yeah. We're growing plants for restoration. Well, what are you restoring it to? And that kind of just blew my mind because everything yeah. I grew up with was like, oh, maybe we aren't doing the right thing, but yeah. I think we're doing something better than, than yes. maybe doing nothing. Um but that's up for debate with all these environmental ethicists. That would be so. a great roundtable yeah. to have maybe like a mitigation banker or mm-hmm. someone that's running a preserve or someone that's restoring to discuss. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be great to have maybe someone from like the Meadowlands Commission yeah. or, or something like that. And not to get too far off topic, but really the, the goal here is to be able to utilize some of these environments – without degrading them in any way shape or form and without losing any others obviously that's just not possible and that's where that whole well if we preserve it then no one can touch it and it's always going to be wild but then you kind of lose that value because no one can see how great it is and that's why the conservationist comes in well this is why we need to use it but not destroy it yeah and then you have the restorations well this is why we need to make more of it so we can use more (laughs) it's it's a whole it's never ending yeah it's it's, never ending and i don't know if there's a right answer and people can go about that for well they have Uh, they have and they will decades yes (laughs) um we had a couple other books uh the hidden life of trees um look up by suzanne simard and then uh one last one was recommended by deborah rosenthal and that was the humane gardener by nancy lawson all great choices. So I'm yeah. going to have to – there's definitely someone here that piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. At, I'm in the process still of reading the book by Tim Rayner and Claudia West. Yeah. Um, so once I finish that, I'm I'm planning on yeah. picking up one of these. Yeah. No, it, it's great to see that there are – sometimes you forget how many great uh, nature books there are yeah. out there. It's nice to see that there's some recommendations because even when you find out how many there are – well, it's tough to find where to actually yeah. dive in. But it was nice to see, like, uh, I think it was Skip that went back and, and looked up and read uh, a Sand Candy Al- Almanac. Mm-hmm. So it was nice yeah. to see that that some of the suggestions we threw out there. And that one, to me, is an important one. I know you mm-hmm. feel the same way. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, websites. Yes. So this one was difficult for me because I don't use very many. And the ones that I use, I use for work mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. And so. it's, it's something, it's the easiest way. It's great to read books. We should always read books, but sometimes if you're new to native plants, you're just finding out about this. 
Well, your first reaction is to Google it. Yeah. It's it's not to go to the library or go to the all, like well, you're going online to find the book or you're going to the bookstore. It's hey, I just heard about this really cool thing. I'm gonna Google it and and see what's going yeah. on. And there's some really really great resources out there. Yeah, yeah, and and some we've talked about before, some we have. And I know this next one we mentioned, I believe, in our listener uh, listener episode. Mm-hmm. So it's plants.usda.gov, which was which is the USDA plants database. Mm-hmm. What I love about that one is a lot of times we'll get asked about a native plant that we're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have this one? If not, do you have a comparable substitute? Um, and we specialize in northeast wetland stuff. So, you know, obviously there's a whole other world outside of there. There's upland. There's all different areas. So that's my place where I can look to see, hey, where is that plant native to? What's its wetland indicator status? We were just talking about. Amsonia hubrechtii, because mm-hmm. yeah. we get a lot of requests for it. When we looked, it's it's not native anywhere near here, so we wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to collect local seed to grow it. So we're not going to add it to our yeah yeah. It's it's really great resource. One I use all the time, and then uh, another site that I started using. Um, that's really almost like an amplification of that USDA site is uh, is the Bone App site, which is oh man. It's like Biota of North America Project, something like that. Okay. Um, but they have a taxonomic data center where you can really go through and um, where the USDA site breaks stuff down, native, non-native, and then all the way down to a state and then a county level. This still does a county level, but it actually will tell you if it's inventive in the state, which means it's not necessarily naturally present, but it's a, it's a native plant to the region. But in that state, it's more uh, of a... I don't want to say intruder invasive, but it's not yeah. typically found there. Um, I'll tell you if it's rare in a county. And uh, and I found on some of those debates that I've seen where it's, hey, is this native here? And people will say, oh, if you look online, it says it's native in Pennsylvania, it's native in New York. So it's got to be native in New Jersey. And you can go into that Bone App site and see, oh, well, it's native to Pennsylvania, but only right around Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it's native to New York, but it's considered inventive, so it's not really naturally found there. So, yeah, maybe like the general logic would be, oh, it's native to the surrounding states, so it's got to be native here too. They just yeah. haven't discovered it, um, but maybe that's not the case. And it lets you know the population size because just mm-hmm. because it's native to somewhere, if it's such rare occurrence in one space, mm-hmm. you're never going to get the seed yeah. to produce it commercially mm-hmm. or maybe it's it's not that easy to produce yeah. so it's it gives you a lot of great information and that information changes often so it's oh, great yeah. to have a resource yeah. online the i can't remember the name of the book i can see it from here the new jersey yeah that one this new jersey wild new jersey wild plants new jersey wild plants which is a great that breaks it down by it will show you basically the size of the community in which in each mm-hmm. county and tell you where that plant's native, well, it's not accurate anymore. That book yeah. is old enough mm-hmm. now where it still says that pawpaw are native all up and down the Delaware River in Burlington County, and that's where we're located. I could tell you there is not one mm-hmm. pawpaw, at least not that I've ever yeah. have ever encountered. So, you know, those things change. So to have an online resource like that. that but that's a great way. You come across a new plant. You don't necessarily know it. Go on the USDA site. Go on that Bone App site, and then you can really see um, – well, if it's native or not, one. If it's native to your county or not, and then is it uh, is it a rare plant or is it 
an inventive plant or is it actually something that kind of yeah. thrives in your area yeah. and uh and again depending on your level of 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 native um I'm blanking on a word here. How strict you are with your native yes. plant things. You can say, oh, it's native to Maryland and I'm in New Jersey, so that's close enough. Yeah. Or you can say, hey, it's not native within three counties of here, I'm so not I'm not even it. touching I'm it. I'm not using it. So, so it gives you that perspective. Yeah, which is awesome. The The next one I use after plant, plants.usda.gov is more technical mm-hmm. to me. Um, so after that, I'll go to wildflower.org, which is the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. And that one's more user-friendly because yes. if you want – more technical details if you want to know the bloom time uh the color the height the the pollinator uh what pollinators it attracts what it goes well with they've they've really worked a lot of that information in there per plant so if i need Mm. more specific detail if i'm not as familiar with the plant and i'm just looking for a little more i can always go there and get great information they'll give uh light requirements all all mm-hmm. that for for every native. Yeah, where it might not give you that county level nativity, it yeah. gives you in a, a little bit harder to decipher way what states it's native to. It's not a map where you can actually look and see oh it's native here here here. Yeah. At least not that I remember. It gives you a list of the states by their their uh, two letter code. Yeah. Um, but uh, it gives you so much other information, and even a little bit of—I think it gives you a little bit of planting information as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a good—it's a—it's a great resource. That's—that's mm-hmm. that's one that definitely I think most of our listeners would probably appreciate. Yeah, and uh, one I'm going to add on that I didn't actually put on our okay. s- our scripted list was uh, the Missouri Botanical Garden, and that's oh, another one yeah. I find when I like when you search these these plants online and. Um, you type in that Latin name or, or the the common name. Usually, what pops up is the USDA site. Then you'll have uh, the Ladybird Wildflower yeah. site, which is wildflower.org. And then a lot of times, that next one is the Mato- Ma- Missouri Botanical Garden.org site, and they have very similar to how yeah. um, the the Ladybird Johnson site lists it. They kind of list it the same way, and it's sometimes. I'll use that one versus yeah. another one. They're kind of interchangeable to me. They I, present a lot of the same information in a similar fashion. I agree. And you want it, You want that information from a source you trust, mm-hmm. and that's definitely a, a very, very trustworthy source. So, Yeah. yeah. But then the, the one that uh, that I like to use a lot and, and from a, a business base, I refer customers to a lot if they're looking for native plants for their yards is uh, the Jersey Friendly Yard site, which oh, is just jerseyyards.org, former guests of ours. and uh, I think episode five. Yeah, I think episode five. <clears throat> but um, they put a really good job putting together a site that doesn't just list the, the plants that are native to New Jersey that are traditionally found in in the, the horticultural market, <clears throat> but they also have a little interactive guide that's kind of like a plant this, not that type thing. Yeah. It's like they... They purposely try and trick you into thinking, oh, I didn't know, like, you see a Japanese barberry on their plant list. Oh, I didn't know that was a native plant. I didn't know that was okay. And then you click and it says, oh, don't plant this. Yeah. Instead, plant these other things. It's it's a learning tool. Yeah, yeah they really use it um, to, like, even things like butterfly bush and other things that are traditionally found in that landscape setting. And they kind of guide you into, hey, these are some native alternatives that you might want to use instead. Yeah. So, and speaking of education, one of the ones I like to refer people to is DukeFarms.org. Mm-hmm. Duke Farms, another former guest, episode two. Uh, they have a lot of great educational material. Like, uh, 
just where printable stuff if you're walking through for identification and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's really helpful. Plus, Eagle Cam, it's yeah. a it's a win oh, yeah. win. You yeah. know, I I don't know that it's up yet. It was supposed to I be. I think they just put it up. Okay. Uh, within the last month. Yeah. I, I saw it was live because so. I know it was going to be offline till at least August till mm-hmm. nesting season was over, and then they yep. could fix it. So if that's back up, well, it's not nesting season. So yeah, but I think when I tuned in briefly, there was still an eagle. Okay. There. All right. So awesome. Um, another website that I'll reference, uh, not as much as the other ones, uh, but on occasion is uh, actually the Audubon.org site, and they have a, a native plant finder where you type in your zip code, and it'll tell you the best plants for birds that are native to your your zip code. That's great. And um, so I was looking up earlier, and I, I forget what birds were, <laughs> were native to, but it was uh, one of the trees was a uh, fagus grandifolia the, yep. the american beach and then it had a whole list of birds that really liked that species of tree so it was kind of cool and it had a whole list of trees that's just the one i remember off the top of my head well, and it's funny because the native planting i've been doing at my fiance's house is for birds mm-hmm. you know we've been planting for birds so that's a fantastic resource yeah. for that um one and another one it's another former guest mm-hmm. that that we refer people to a lot is xerces.org um, they have a milkweed seed finder and many regional publications. They have a lot of yes. educational oh, stuff yeah. on there. Like you could get lost for days. And when I was even looking at their site earlier, it said I clicked on the mid Atlantic region. You can really, you can't boil it down to like a state or county level yeah. on their site, but you can go on and say, Hey, I'm, I want to look up stuff for that's pertinent to the mid Atlantic region. Like yeah. we would. And, um, it looked like they were starting to rebuild that site, but they have a whole list of guides of, Hey, these are things you need to do if you want to plant native plants. These are plants you should look at. Or if you're seeding or if you're doing these kind of things, there's just a huge list of publications they have that can guide you through a lot of this process. I used to keep a printed copy at my desk, actually. Just the pollinator reference mm-hmm. uh, material in there is unparalleled. I don't know if you're going to find it mm-hmm. anywhere else yeah. that they have on there. So and that's a great one. From a work perspective, we used to use that milkweed seed finder a lot when we first started with uh, – with Marcus Graham Monarchs in the rough, yeah. and we were trying to source local ecotype seed from all over the country. That was a really good resource to help find some of these um, these sources for seed that we didn't already have connections. And yeah. we had connections in the southeast. We had connections in the the northern Midwest. Uh, California was kind of like the South Desert Southwest was definitely uh, um, a Difficult. hole for us. We didn't know where to even start looking. And yeah. Pacific Northwest, same thing. So that kind of gives us a couple leads to go and look for, for that kind of and, stuff. And it's different in different areas of the country. I know for us, the Northeast, what a native plant is can be a relatively small mm-hmm. area. I remember talk, speaking with a, um, a native plant nursery owner in Texas, and he goes, oh, you know, native for us could be you know, a three-state local ecotype could be a three-state region for us, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, I I didn't even really think about that because it's a lot different in the Northeast than it is in the, in the the Southwest. So I'm like, yeah, gotcha. And and one more site. And I think this is even a listener of ours who, um, who runs this site is, uh, is actually the wildseedproject.net. And I know we have listeners that are from the, uh, the Northeast, uh, specifically New Hampshire. Um, but we've also had listeners in Maine and Vermont and all that area. Well, this is a group that's actually out of Maine and um, and gives a lot of talks and also has a lot of resources about how to start native plants from seed and how to plant native gardens and how to do all this stuff. So I'm sure that there's sites like this for – I don't want to say I'm sure. I would guess there's sites like this for most areas in the country. I would hope. Like if you're in the Midwest, there's probably a site just like this that's more pertinent to the Midwest. Yeah. 
it's just finding that site sometimes like the Google really controls what you, what you, you can yeah. and can't see. Sometimes it's hard to find some of this yeah. stuff because it's someone who really knows plants might not know as much about search engine optimization and, um, and it struggles to bring their, their website to yeah. the top. But, uh, but that's for folks in the Northeast. That's a really who are, especially if you're just getting into it or you're or novice or intermediate level, great resource to, to grab a hold of and learn more yeah. if you're in that area and you're at advanced level hey maybe think about helping them out to uh, rise all the boats i agree so I, I think we gave you nine or ten really great examples of uh websites that can help you for native plants mm -hmm. in your area outside of your area for pollinators for birds uh we tried to to cover a, a few different aspects of what you would be looking them up for mm -hmm. so between those you can pretty much get just about all the information you could need about any one particular yeah. native plant. Mm -hmm. But we want to know what you use as well. So when mm -hmm. we post this on the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook page, please comment. Let us know what you're using. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah. one Let's that... be honest. Fred. We want to know what we missed. <laughs> yeah, because we missed... <laughs> there, there might be things that we could use that we just don't even know about. That would be yeah. awesome. That would be great. That's I'm... Uh, a situation where sharing is a really really good thing sometimes you're just not in that headspace like with the books like i can't believe we forgot yeah. larry's book it just and that reminds even... me i actually forgot something else i was going to add to this list oh, go ahead and that was facebook facebook yeah. isn't as much as we rag on it and some of these groups they're an excellent resource they are um particularly they, one that i go on is the native plants of the northeast um and while i hate to see people get who are like dipping their toe in kind of get pushed out really quick and, and dismissed really quickly there's a lot of really really good stuff on there too i'm really impressed with how mm. quickly answers oh yeah get. i learn a lot like i i'll see a picture and i'll think about it for a second and i'll go to type and i'm like whoa there's already three responses and they're <laughs> correct thing. it's like oh i'm finally gonna get a chance to i'm finally gonna get a chance to contribute here yeah. and then you have oh three people yeah. beat me too yeah it's and it happens all the time but, but the the amount of knowledge in that group if mm -hmm. you can wade through some of the negative stuff, there's a, a ton of positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you're in one of those groups, and uh, try and keep things positive, and and try and help other people keep things positive as well. It's, I know, on native plants in the Northeast, there's another one, pollinator friendly yards. There are a ton of industry people in those groups. Yes, I've talked to them at trade shows. I've I see their names when they're posting yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I know who you are, but I don't think a lot of other people know who you know. are and how much of an expert you are at this." There's yeah. folks from uh, Larry Weiner's in Associates uh, yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, there's folks from Earn Seed, there's folks from Prairie Moon, there's folks from Prairie Nursery. Yeah. Um, I've seen people from Pizos, uh, yeah. people from North Creek. Yeah. <laughs> there's Ernst, people from yeah, all, the, all yeah. over the place that are in these groups and they're a lot of them are I I would describe them as experts. I don't know if they would describe themselves yeah. as experts. And they're trying to help out, and you have um, you have people dismissing their, their information and sometimes deleting their information and blocking their information <laughs> when they're, uh, they're some of the brightest yeah. in the professional field, and they're, uh, they're kind of getting washed away. There's yeah. a lot of people to help you there. And there's a lot of people who might think they know more than they actually do. Marcus Gray was banned from a group. Marcus, right? yeah, Marcus Gray was telling me he was banned from a bunch of butterfly groups, and um, <laughs> and I'm not going to go into specifics why. He, I, in my mind, he didn't do anything wrong, but there was just a lot of people who disagreed with with his whole mission. Yeah, and um, 
and enough that he was blocked and and had comments blocked and posts blocked from that just blows my a mind. lot of these groups and he's been in my mind one of the most knowledgeable people we've had on this podcast so we couldn't stump him yeah we yeah. could not stump him <laughs> yeah. we tried it, it got to it like to me it at some point in that podcast it became the stump marcus yeah <laughs> mission and and it was impossible yeah. so but back to what we we're talking about facebook can be a great great resource a lot of these groups are awesome it gives you way more information from people who are actually doing this stuff um than a nursery ever could yeah um, n- like a nursery isn't going to spend like even half an hour an hour with you on the phone kind of walking you through how you're going to seed something or how you're going to grow something it's, it's impossible well, on yeah. there you can look it up and, and find some stuff yeah but but and I, I understand why people get frustrated i've seen i don't even know how many pictures of of uh um now i'm blanking on the plant is it, is it pokeweed oh, i forget yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's one plant, it just keeps coming up, and they're like, oh, is this native? And I can understand why people get frustrated, because yeah. how many times is this going to come up? But yeah. no, it's, it's, uh, we, we, we got to keep it friendly and encourage people to join this, because it's, as or, as Doug Talmy said, Dr. Doug Talmy in his book, it's, this is our best hope. We need native plants to kind of spread and become normalized in the everyday landscape rather quickly yeah. within the next 30 years or we're it's just going to keep our landscapes are just going to keep degrading our environment's going to keep degrading until we can kind of switch this paradigm yeah. and make these these normal and um it's going to degrade faster and faster and faster we, yeah we don't have the luxury of being able to push people out of this we need to get as many people on board for as far as they want to go yes like we yeah. don't want to encourage uh planting invasives we want to definitely discourage that kind of stuff but if they want to plant cultivars and that's going to get them in and get them to the next step, yeah, they'll do by 70 all 30. Means. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. It's, Even if I, they just want to plant 10 things in their garden just to get them started. And once they see how beneficial it is and they notice that's the one thing that had bees on it, that's yeah. the one thing that had butterflies on it, and nothing else did. As long as I'm not seeing barberry or, yep. or, you know, all of those things, you know, pears and the, that, you know, it's there, there's good choices, even if, even if they're only planting a couple of natives, but making good choices mm-hmm. on the non-natives, that's, that's a huge win, mm-hmm. I feel too. So I'll take all of it, you know. Yeah, we need as many people on the ship as we can. We, we can't be in a position where we're kicking people off yet. Yes. There may be a point. I hope we get to a point where there's a, a point where we can say, hey, no, we don't want you guys. But <laughs> at this point, there we need everybody we can to start preaching this message and slowly working their way over to becoming a mm-hmm. little bit stricter and stricter with their native plant. I would love to see the Rose Garden at the White House be a native plant garden. Oh, yeah. They're you replanting know. it. We might uh, be able to, to yeah. put in an application for a design. And <laughs> yeah, because it was boxwoods yeah. getting put in and, and roses, but I would love to see that be a, a native a native plant garden. How awesome, how awesome would that be? Oh, it would have been incredible. Yeah. 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 I don't know if we're going to see it yet. I don't know if but, we're going to see it but, but anyway, that wraps it up. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Fran, I'm glad we, we kept this not like the first debate. More like, yeah. oh, I guess we were even better than the last night's debate. We yeah. didn't interrupt each other at all, <laughs> no, really. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but but uh, we hope you enjoyed listening about which websites we enjoy. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet. We're excited to hear from you. Um, again, this is presented by, by Pinelands Nursery.
I would love to give a huge thank you to Stephen Marr for contributing our theme music. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery. Not a lot of interaction on Twitter. We keep getting more and more followers, but not a lot of interaction. Maybe I need to do a better job at interacting on that one too. Uh, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ. Instagram at Pinelands Nursery and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Uh, we now have a question and answer line, which has still been – it's still unused. We're waiting for the first person to call Even in. Even a prank call. We, we I would take, take a prank call. You know, we will play those on the buzz in future mm-hmm. episodes of the buzz. So you can call us at 215-346-6189. Ask, a, uh, ask us a question or leave us a comment. If we pick your question or comment, we'll play it on a future episode and answer it or respond to it. It can mm-hmm. even be negative. Be the person yeah. that left us the one-star review. Yeah. Defend it. Come mm-hmm. on. Come out of the come out of the woodwork, uh, and let's not forget the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook page uh, or Facebook group. I should say I would love to keep this conversation going. Yeah, you can listen to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast directly at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. You can also check us out at Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's where you can leave five star reviews. Yes, five star only. Fewer one star, more five star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could also listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. I've started listening to us on Spotify a little bit more. I, Not that I listen to ourselves talk that often, but mm-hmm. when I play it, sometimes I'll put it on Spotify. Give us a I, little bump. I the- always listen on Apple. I listen to every episode because I'm always just curious about the editing, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I did because we had a, we we did have, and I'm sure some of you heard it. We had one episode where I I had a joke which. And in retrospect, yeah. <laughs> I realized wasn't a great joke, yeah. and I promised I would take it out. And for some reason, that edit got lost, mm. and I'm listening to it, and I heard the joke, and I freaked out <laughs> and had to edit it and re-upload a new version. So yeah. I always kind of listen. Do you, do you think one of our competitor – I'm going to change the subject. Do you think one of our competing podcasts left the one-star review? Oh, man. We could start a podcast war. I know radio wars are a thing. Are yeah. podcast wars a thing? Uh, they could be. So. I don't know. I, 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 would, to... I would love us not yeah. to be a thing because we're all trying to complete the same mission. Mm-hmm. And going, we're getting off of our, our conclusion here, but um, that's another thing. Going to roundtables, we want to actually have a like dual episode, not dual like do all at the same time yeah. have another podcast or multiple podcasts all kind of record at once and just have a roundtable discussion about podcasting yeah. about native plants and yeah. how people got into it and maybe even how we got into it. you guys know how we got yeah. into it we don't need to talk about that we, we but, talk about it all the time <laughs> <laughs> but i thought about that i was like yeah. oh could it be one of our yeah. competitors i don't know mm-hmm. it's everyone's tense between between corona and the election <laughs> everyone's on edge right now yeah. so Maybe it was they were they, I know I, they watched I, that first debate, then they listened to our podcast, got so upset they just had to, had yeah, to do it. I did but. think that it's possible that it could have been an ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, on what? your side, not on, my side. On my <laughs> side, it it could be yeah. possible. This is the only way they can get through to you. It might Either be. They're blocked on every other <laughs> facet of your life. They can't. <laughs> there's restraining orders. You're blocked on Facebook. The only way they can get to you. <laughs> I'm leaving a one-star review. One-star review. That's got to I take back all the pheasant and, and it leather could be stuff. that. It could it, be that. It could definitely. You know what? I wish I could say I was only joking. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the ending, you can even ask Alexa to play the Native Plains Healthy Planet podcast. 
Thanks again, everyone. I'm Tom. And I am Fran. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. We'll see you next time. Uh, wow. Did I, <laughs> did my voice just... Oh, yeah. Next time. <laughs> we will see you again next time. We did so good. We, we kept did... it together for so long. Until the end. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> until next time, everyone, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.